I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. my goodness, we had such a win this morning compared with the last podcast, because when I went to call you, it was already green, like you were in the app. In the <laughs> app, and I wasn't logged out. No, it was like a huge win. I was like, yay. And so on the, on the plus side of this, I'm not frustrated and pissed off coming into the conversation. <laughs> not either so this is good i'm really excited for us to um so we started to have this conversation um and then decided that this would be a really good conversation for the podcast and i'm really glad that we're going to talk about it um which is the idea that like um you know life is fluid and um our desires and our hopes and our dreams are fluid and they change and uh you know, I've been out here doing this, this float plane thing. And I have a lot to say about that. But um, I think that the biggest thing that has hit me is like, uh, now that I've had the taste of this, I don't think I can, I'm already scheming in my mind on like, how can I have, how can I have a job as a float plane pilot? <laughs> I have an idea for that. And we'll, we'll remind me a little bit later on in this conversation. Oh, we'll talk about <laughs> it. But Hella fun. But, and then, you know, I kind of like reflected on my life and I'm like, wow, um, I'm today years old and I could have done this, uh, 20 years ago, but yeah. it doesn't work that way. Right. Like you, you kind of can't do that because life, everything in life leads you to where you are and all the experiences that you have, um, are building on your foundation that gets you to where you are. And at 20 years old, I wouldn't have had the money even to, I mean, I would have, if I had had a taste of floats, I'll be honest with myself. If I'd had a taste of floats at 20, I would have found the money, you know, like I would have done right. that. But, but I, I, I have to accept that the, my journey, all the things in my life led me to where I am. But the, the conversation we started to have this morning was, um, you know, here's all the things that we're both independently kind of talking about that we want to create in our lives. And we're both in transition places. I think a lot of people on the planet are in transition places following the pandemic and, you know, really taking a look at what do you, what do I want to create? What do I want to be when I grow up? And, and then beyond that, it's like entrepreneurs by their nature, they're constantly scheming on like, um, how do I do things more efficiently? How do I make more money? What do I want to do? What do I want to let go of or shed? Um, right. And, is, and if you don't, what do I want this to look? Yeah. And if you don't, no. you know, you become the yellow taxi cab. And I, I say that because look at Uber, right? The, there, right. if you're not looking at ways to improve your business as an entrepreneur, you're already behind the eight ball. Um, exactly. but you can't, but you can't just do something because you're going to make good money, right? Like that never works out. Like it just doesn't, I mean, it, it might work out for a little bit, but you're always going to be seeking because it's not bringing you happiness. And at the end of the day, there's gotta be both. Like you have to 
on some fundamental level, if you're going to be a business person, you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to love what you do. If you don't, you're going to burn out. You're going to, you know, you're going to fail quickly. Um, you know, on all like, sorts of you, know, you go to like, you know, you watch like, you know, somebody playing, you know, working on, you know, like playing music, for example, and you watch the artists and you can tell that they freaking love what they're doing. Or, you know, you go to a restaurant, the owner's out there working the working the, the dining room and talking to people and you know, actually, you know, serving and stuff like that and taking the time to visit with the customers. And, you know, that's a guy or woman that absolutely loves what they do for a living and they make it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like even our favorite dive bar, um, the chef is uh, he loves what he does and you can taste it. I mean, oh, yeah. it's amazing food at a dive bar because he loves to cook. Exactly. You know, and, and with me, you know, I love sharing my knowledge and experience with people, with anybody that's interested. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm forced, but sometimes I accept work with people that are less than interested in, in what I do. And that's, that's a struggle. That makes me not to want that makes me to not want to do it anymore because it's like you know this person's a, a dud they don't care you know why am i even bothering to do this but then i get somebody else right behind them that is totally into it. it's like okay this is why i do this yeah well and so this <laughs> is know? this is a good important point too right there's always parts of our job that are not our favorite. There's, there's things that we have to do to make the, make the bills work, to, to get things done. Yeah. And that's part of it too. And so work. Yeah. And I, th I think that, I think that there are a lot of people that are in um, this transition phase of realizing that they were doing a whole lot of work that they didn't want to do. Right. Like right. Um, I, I was in a space where um, I'm doing my job or I'm in my career because other people have expectations or because I need to put food on the table or whatever the end game is, right. That you are doing it for and you're not really happy. And for me, I'm in this really, really massive transition phase right now where the world is kind of my oyster. And, um, and now that I've had a taste of what life can be, I'm really struggling with settling for what life is. You know, and, um, and so there's, there's this, um, it's, it's kind of like, um, have you ever seen, they have these a lot in Europe where you can stand in the center and see like seven different roads and they're all spun off of this one circle. Yes. Um, it's kind of like the roundabouts, but a little different. And, right. and I'm, I'm in the center of one of those right now. And I can see this road being an option and I can see that road being an option and I can see that road being an option. And this is something I've, I've been wanting to talk about on the podcast. And I shared a little bit in my Instagram stories the other day is that life is not in buts. Life and depth of life and depth of relationships is found in the word and. So, so we can be happy for something that's coming up or, um, you know, excited for a direction that we're headed and be sad for what we're leaving. Uh, yeah. we can be, really excited and stoked that we're having a baby and we could be terrified at the same time. So, um, it, it, go ahead. Just for the record, we're not having a baby. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Good 
pause. Good pause. Good insert there. Just for the record, for all people listening in 24 countries, we are not having a baby. Uh, <laughs> and that is like a firm ant flow is literally visiting right now. So <laughs> anyway, um, so that was more than everybody needed. But point point being that, uh, yeah. So and this happens a lot. I see this a lot in my work with couples uh, where they, you know, they'll because the work that I do is that they'll they'll talk with me. They'll process something with me. We package it in a really nice way that their partner can receive it. And then I have them turn to their partner and share it in that nicely packaged way. And this is 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 a practice model that we do. Um, so that when they're on their own and alone, they can resort back to this muscle memory they have of working with me and create that language for themselves in the moment. Um, and it's not unlike, you know, flying with an instructor, you practice all the things that could go wrong so that when or if something goes wrong, you don't have to think about it. You can just do it. And it's the, it's the same thing in the couple's work, right? We're practicing these conversations so that when they're in the moment at home without me, they can have them. And so we'll be talking and, and their partner will, will hand something to them that their partner will say, you know, I'm really sorry that you had that experience. Oh, hold on. It was not my intention. And, um, you know, I didn't mean to hurt you. And they'll say, uh, something to the effect of, um, you know, sorry, I got distracted by my alarm going off. It's time for me to wake up. <laughs> and uh, are you still there? I'm still here. Go ahead. Oh, okay. And so anyways, the bottom line is that their partner will say, I'm really sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry that you had that experience. It wasn't my intention to hurt you. And they'll turn to me and they'll say something like, I really want to, I really want to like, be grateful that they're saying this, but I'm still having a hard time believing them. And I'll, I'll say to them, let's get rid of the butt. And so you can say to your partner, I hear you. I'm really grateful that you're saying that you didn't mean to hurt me. And I still feel hurt. Right. So from that place is where the dialogue goes deeper from that place is where we can start to get more vulnerable. And the partner can say, well, what are you still feeling hurt about? well, I'm afraid that this is going to happen, that's going to happen, or I'm going to have this experience. And now we're having depth of conversation. People right. love to end conversations at, thank you for saying that. But the and is where the real powerful work happens. And I still feel hurt or I still feel sad. Okay, now we're dialoguing. Now we're going deeper. And so life is in that and, right? I can be this, I can do this, and I can do that. And I try to tell our kids this all the time. I try to say, you can do this in life and that you don't have to be one thing. You don't have to do one thing. And this is where the and kind of ties back into the conversation we're having, where I'm standing in the center of this road and I'm kind of looking at all these options and I'm going, I know that I have to put focused energy at least in one spot, but how right. can I incorporate all of them? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, sometimes we have this conversation. It's like, you know, you know, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? And sometimes my question is, well, why can't we do both? Right. Yes. <laughs> and the answer both? is we can. How do we do it efficiently? Right. <laughs> so, like, how okay. do we... and so the next question is, well, how do we do both of them? <laughs> how do we have the money to do both? How do we? Yeah, exactly. Or like, and... not, just, not necessarily the money, but the time. The time, because all of it. A valuable commodity as well. You know, how can we 
how can we make both of these things work and do it in a, a certain amount of time? Yeah, and we've got some exciting things that we're talking about on the horizon. And um, it's a dangerous thing that, you know, both of us are like <laughs> always scheming on new shit. Right. <laughs> I, I think that I, I think that like the grounding component to things is important. You know, um, right. the, the one good thing that we have going for us is that um, you're very tactical and I'm very procedural. So, <laughs> um, and we're both dreamers, but I think that um, you've got one side of the grounding and I've got the other side of the grounding. Yep. So that's probably really, that helps us out. Um, but I know that like, gosh, if we had executed all the ideas that we've been even just talking about at four o'clock in the morning for the past, however long. <laughs> yeah. You know, some of the, you know, some of the ideas, you know, like as an entrepreneur, I'm always, you know, thinking about, you know, different ways to do things, you know, different ideas, new concepts, stuff like that. And, you know, some of the ideas sound really good in my head. And then, you know, I'll say them and they don't sound so good when they come out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And then I have to say immediately now. And and they, they look even worse when I, when I write them down on paper. <clears throat> um, you know, it's funny is, um, so this is interesting last year, or I guess it was this year at the beginning of the year in January on new year's day, we went out to a brewery and I brought the journal, my journal. Do you remember this? Yes. And um, I was kind of struggling with the direction that I wanted to take things, right? With the podcast and with just everything. And you're like, well, just write it down on paper. And so um, I did. And you're like, it'll come to you if you just write it all out. Just put it all on a piece of paper and it'll start to make sense. And I did that. And what's funny is that last week, so I've been out here traveling for a couple of days doing all this piloty things. And I have that journal that you gave me for Christmas that on New Year's Day, I put all that word vomit on paper. And I was actually just looking at it like two days ago. And I was like, not only did it all work itself out, but like it all came together beautifully and I'm doing it. Uh-huh. It's amazing. It's, it's really incredible. I mean, there is something to be said about taking something out of your head verbalizing it in the on the planet and then putting it on paper exactly and you know this is what this is something that i've always done naturally just maybe just from a, a a knowing or something like that but they've proven that if you have an idea in your head or thoughts in your head or whatever and you you put them on paper the mechanical act of writing stuff out activates the uh the the, the logical side of your brain and so oh, wow. you get, yeah you've got a idea in your head it sounds really brilliant until you put it on paper and it's like oh that's not gonna work and the right brain left <laughs> brain like come together and it's like oh no 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 exactly um and, <laughs> slow you know down. i've always i've always done that to help keep my head organized because you know for me you know i can have a conversation with somebody but if it's not on in black and white on a piece of paper and i can't i can't read it it doesn't fully make sense and so I, I, learned, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I have to, I have to have to do lists. Like I have to have a monthly to do list to keep track of things. Yeah. Cause I learned pretty early on that, you know, if we talk about something important, very like, you know, it doesn't matter really what it is, but if it's an important topic and, you know, unless, unless it's on in black and white and I can, and I can read it and process it that way, 
um, you know, my head doesn't fully register what's going on. Maybe it's a yeah, guy which is probably really why I should have sent you the itinerary for Mexico on paper before you got the tickets for the air flight. Exactly. <laughs> because you know, then we wouldn't have to be looking for another hotel stay. <laughs> yep. Games with Andy. We're gonna leave Joey to the paper part of things. Joey's gonna do the scheduling. I'm with day trips. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so funny though because like your free spirit and my free spirit, like normally we're like, let's go. Okay, awesome. Everything just works out perfectly. Like it's it's stupid how lucky we are that way. <laughs> like for all like intents and purposes, everything should just obliterate and not work, <laughs> but it does. It does somehow. <laughs> but now we've trip planned. And, um, you know, I can't seem to get the airfare right. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? We're going to have a badass, amazing time regardless. Like, even if we're, you know, sleeping on the floor of an airport. <laughs> yeah. um, which reminds me, we do we should probably take a look at that <laughs> because we're also yeah. traveling like the busiest time of the year. Um, but separately, back to back to things. So, so, um the other thing that uh that you had kind of touched on earlier that I was thinking about was how um I think it's important that we do pause. I mean, I'm I'm you know, I have my own theories on uh on resolutions and I've shared those on this podcast in the past, but I do think that it's important that we do take a pause like once a year at least and look at things and look at what we're doing in life and really ask ourselves like is this the direction I want to be going? Like, you know, tapping in with yourself and kind of auditing yourself a little bit and, uh, and, and going through the list and saying, is this, is, is this something I really need to still be doing? Is that something I, and where do I want to put my energy? Where do I want to put my focus? I think we do need to, to touch in with ourselves on that because it's easy to get, uh, disconjointed and kind of like spread out thin. It really is. And, you know, it's interesting, like, you know, I know personally for me, you know, I can see different opportunities in different places. And if you follow all these little, you know, squirrels, pretty soon you're not getting anything done. You're not moving in any one direction and you're not making any money. And at the end of the day, being self-employed, I still have to eat in spite of all the crazy ideas that are inside my head. All the shit that I want to do, bottom line is, I still got to, I still got to put food on the table at the end of the day. Absolutely. And, um, and, and as we were talking a second ago, there was something else that I was thinking about with regards to the paper. It'll come back to me when I listen back to the podcast, I'll go, Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yep. Um, so, so we'll, we'll have that conversation, um, whenever we get the chance to do that. But, um, I, I think that, uh, you know, the other thing is really valuing your time. And, um, you know, you mentioned that earlier that there's money and there's time and usually we have one, but not both. And I had, um, someone reach out to me this morning for a speaker engagement keynote opportunity and, um, you know, all across the state of California interested in having you speak, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, um, we can't pay you. I, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm not at pro bono phase in my career at this point. Like if, you know, there, what I have to say has value, um, in, in the area that I'm skilled, just like what you have to say as, you know, in, in what you do in the aviation world has value. And, and 
And, um, you know, I spent a lot of my life and career not valuing myself enough to, um, enough to even charge for what I do or what I offer. And I I think a lot of people get stuck in this world of like, yeah, I'll do it for free. Yeah, I'll do it for free. I'll do it for free. I can't, I can't pay my, my mortgage for free. I I can't go to Wells Fargo bank and say, um, you know, I, I'm just going to pay for free. (laughs) It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. And, you know, this is where I think, you know, one of the traps that I know personally for me as an entrepreneur and a, and a business owner, this is what I fall into is I really, I really enjoy what I do. I love what I do. I really struggle with billing for my time. I hate to charge for the time that I give to people and I need to, but it's a, it's a hurdle that I, I need to, to hop over and to have, you know, somebody working the, the desk, the, the office that does the billing, it provides me with that disconnect where, you know, I don't have that emotional response to charging someone for my time. Because, you know, when someone walks through the door, the clock starts to tick. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and, like, and your time is not going to something else that you could be growing or expanding. Exactly. But, you know, like you go, you go talk to an attorney. As soon as you walk through that door and you start talking, doesn't matter if you're talking about lawyer stuff or the law or whatever, you start eating that lawyer's time. The clock is running. You're going to get a bill for it. Even if you're talking about the weather and the golf and the golf game. And yep. so, you know, um, because that time has value. Um, and so, but I struggle with that. You know, I get a person that comes in, a, you know, uh, a student, we talk about, you know, this, that, you know, flying airplanes and all this other, th- all this other stuff. And, um, you know, I, in the past, I have given away so much. I don't regret it, but, you know, what helps me immensely is having somebody work the desk. I hand them, okay, this is what I spent with this person. And they go ahead and they bill it. I don't have to touch it. I don't have to look at it. And as a business owner, you know, that's, I know I struggle with that. So I need to have a disconnect there somewhere. And it makes my life a whole lot easier. I don't have to feel guilty about someone, you know, charging someone for the time I've spent with them. No. Uh, And I think that um, what you're saying is important is uh, to your point. If it's something that you're not good at, get yourself into a position and situation where someone else can manage that part of your business or help out because a lot of money can get lost that way and, and not even money, but time. Right. And so, you know, I was really proud of myself this morning to reply back to this woman and say, you know, thank you. Appreciate your consideration. However, my pro bono opportunities are very limited. Um, my time has value essentially. I mean, that's not exactly what I said, but in those words, right. Um, and I think that a lot of people, you know, find themselves resenting or, uh, resenting people or things they're doing or angry because they didn't value themselves enough in the beginning to set the show, to set up the stage or to set the boundaries for what they were willing to work within. Exactly.
a delicate balance, right? And all these components and things. And I think that um, it's especially important for people who are in business for themselves of any kind. It's really easy to give away the farm. It is so easy to give away the farm and you don't even realize how much you give away. But, you know, right. I mean, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes here, 10, 15 minutes there. I mean, it adds up to hours at the end of the week. It absolutely does. And what could those hours have been spent doing? Time with your family or whatever, you know. Exactly. Learning a new skill that you need to continue to do what you do or whatever. Yep. So so the float plane thing, um, just to touch on this quickly, um, is that, uh, you know, it, it's funny because there was a woman who was flying before me and I hadn't met her yet. And she came into the ground school area and she, um, I said, Oh my goodness, how was your flight? You know, cause I knew she had just gotten back from flying and she's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it was good. I just, you could just tell there was a lot of angst. There was a lot of stress. There was a lot of fear. She said, I'm going to be really worried about the check ride. And this is, you just feel the weight of everything. And I've been, Yep. Where she is. I've, I've absolutely been where she is. But the funny thing was, I don't know what it is about this, but I just had a feeling in the like very bottom of my gut that I was going to fucking love it. Like, I just knew that. I, I knew it when I booked it months ago. And, um, I had all sorts of shit, you, you know, about, uh, you know, in the weeks leading up that just were really heavy, really, really heavy. And I was like, oh, is this going to cloud my entire experience? Because I was doing this for pure fun. This was just something right. I wanted to do for fun. Anyways, I got out there yesterday and I swear I was at home. Like I was so at home. I was like, this is my thing. This is my jam. Like I am a total freaking mermaid, (laughs) took an airplane, put it in the water. It's like, I can't think of a better combination at all on the planet. And if it hadn't been so flipping cold and I was like in a bathing suit, oh my gosh, I would have been jumping off those floats into the water. Like I was just like, oh, this is my calling. Like, I just really felt, I like, I, I literally felt like my arms were the wings and I was just vroom, vroom, all over. It's amazing. And I just, I cannot, I could not wait to go to sleep so that I could get back up so that I could go do it again, even though I'm going to be cold and I don't like to be cold. Um, it's like 40, 40 degrees this morning and out on the water, it's probably going to be frost level. So we'll have to wait for the wings to defrost and all that. But anyways, bottom line is I'm scheming on like, okay, now how can I add this into all the things that I want to do? You know, like, but, but even more importantly is my narrative on this is I can't live without this. Uh Like I need to create a life that I can do this from now until I'm not able to fly anymore. Right. And I kind of felt sad. Like I, I was standing on the float dock and I'm looking around at, and first of all, let me set the scene here as, as a, you know, an authory person. You drive in and an old pickup truck over cow patties down a dirt road to the most serene, gorgeous, algae filled pond 
surrounded by gorgeous oaks with swans just floating around and a blue heron standing in the corner and little baby calves that were born this fall and a golden retriever puppy and an old black lab and they're romping around and there's a fisherman dock and I am literally in my zen in heaven. I'm This is my heaven. I'm in heaven. And there is an airplane that looks just like Pop-Tart, except it's got floats instead of tires. I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry. There was nothing on the planet that, like, could have felt better than have if you guys had been there with me. That would have been, like, literally the only thing. (laughs) But, 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 I mean... I just was like so enamored and so in love. And she's like, the instructor's like, this is Dottie. And I'm like, I love you. This was like, (laughs) I can't even, I felt bad for Pop-Tart for a minute because I was so in love with Dottie. And, and so, and I was just, and it's so peaceful. And, um, and so that's the stage, right? That's the stage. And I'm enamored and I'm beyond grateful. I'm literally pinching myself. Like, tell me this is not happening right now. And, um, and then when I landed, I felt, I mean, obviously I was in the air with this woman. We had an amazing flight. Um, and, and her words of encouragement, I mean, you know, you've talked with me about aviation and stuff like past lifetime kind of things. And, I've this, I, I know this, I've done this and, Uh and she, she affirmed it. You know, she was like, Oh my gosh, you fly so beautifully. Like, Oh my gosh, you're on step. I didn't even have to tell you how to do it. And don't get me wrong. I dipped a floats a time or like, I mean, I'm learning, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not saying I've got this down by any means and I can see how shit can get squirrely really quick, but it's in my blood. It is in my blood. And, um, and I've, I've felt that for a handful of things in life, like writing. I, I can write, like I can write. I just, it just words just blah, 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 blah. Like I, I can sit down and I can come up with, uh, to, uh, and not come up with 2000 words can flow from my head to my fingertips like that. Like it just, it's in my blood. And that's how I felt about this. And so when I got out, I had a moment of sadness that like, I was so happy. Don't get me wrong. I was so happy, but there was a part of me that was like, why am I this many days old and just doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, like, is that wrong? Is it bad? You know, I think, um, all of us that have found something like that, that we're like totally enamored with, it's like, holy shit, why did I wait so long to do this? I can't believe I've spent my whole life and I've never done this before i think that's how i felt all of us all of us at some point in time have that happen at least once some of us it happens all all the time and so (laughs) now i'm like i can't not do this i i there's no double negative i have to do this uh like i have to do this okay how are we going to make it happen (laughs) Right. So, so that's, so that's like, this is the part I'm going to start to have to sit down. And I know that we've talked about so many things, but you know, it's so weird. It's so freaking weird to me that, you know, when you and I first met, started first talking about things, I mean, I don't want to like let, let, but you know, I, I like to keep my cards close. And so I don't want to let too much out on this podcast, but even the name of the corporation, right? Like 
but the one before that, that you talked about, you know what I mean? Like it all is coming together where it's like, I mean, we've been talking about the peanut butter and jelly. I'll, I'll, I'll use some code words here. We've been talking about the peanut butter and jelly forever. Absolutely. It's like, you knew it's like somehow you knew that I was, I mean, I don't even think you knew. I think you wanted it for you, but for, but now I have to have it. Like, oh my gosh. And the funny thing is, I don't even think it was you who encouraged me to do the float thing. I, I mean, I, I mean, not that you discouraged me, but I mean, I think I was the one that was like, I want it. I got to go get my float plane rating. I have to do this. Yeah. And, and I will say ever since I've been traveling to Alaska, which was, so this is where it's all so freaking hard for me. My first trip to Alaska, I was in my early twenties. Um, and I went up to Juneau and that was my first experience with float planes. And, you know, I look on it now and I just go, gosh, why didn't I go down that path then? You know, like I, I, I've known my whole life. I've known my whole life that I was enamored with this. Why am I just now doing this? You know? Yeah. And then you're like, you're like, yeah, floats are awesome. I miss flying floats. And I'm just like, what the, how are you, how are you driving around on rubber? That is so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with you? Well, you know, I did the Alaska bush plane float pilot thing wherever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm just so jealous. So I'm talking to my dad last night and, um, you know, dad is Mr. Supportive Aviation, all things aviation, building an airplane. He cannot wait until he can fly and he's doing the sport route and all that. And he's been nothing but, oh, you know, he's always said, Kayla, oh man, just seeing you do that just fills my heart up so much. I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. Last night I sent him videos of the float stuff and I called him and he's like, all right, that one got me. <laughs> he's like, I'm jealous. I'm just jealous. I'm going to hold on. It's coming. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy. <laughs> and he's like, you're an amazing lady, but you know, it just, um, I, dad and I are a lot alike, just a lot alike, you know, he's a Sagittarius. I'm a Sagittarius. Obviously we don't talk astrology on this podcast anymore, but we're a lot alike. And I, I do think it struck him in that spot, you know? Yep. But now that I've been on floats, I have to, I have to make it happen. So we've been talking for a half hour about roundabout circle stuff. And there was still something that I had wanted to circle back on when we were talking about writing things down. But, um, I guess the bottom line is that, uh, I guess the takeaways are always be assessing, always be dreaming, um, always be asking yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it making me happy? What can I get rid of? Um, better. How can we, how can we do it better? And, um, yeah. Do you have anything else to say? Cause I've just been talking the whole time. You've been talking the whole time. Um, which is not unusual for our relationship. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Um, but you know, like, you know, like, you know, what you're doing right now with floats, for example, you know, um, you know, the places you can, you can take uh, a float plane versus someplace, you know, on wheels, you know, you get into like a really tiny pond and to go in circles until you get the speed to lift off. You can't do that on wheels, but you can do it on floats. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, yep. land while you turn. I mean, I've landed on the bends of rivers, you know, and just kind of land, you know, one just fly into the turn. You know, um, I mean, the crap you can do on floats, it totally opens up a whole new world. 
And, you know, some of that that transfers back to being on wheels, but a lot of it doesn't. And, you know, there's all kinds of, I can tell you a couple different stories, like, you know, they used to fly up north in Alaska in the wintertime we're on wheels and we get like this freezing rain and the, the ramp and the taxiway and the runway would be slick as snot and the wind's blowing. And if you didn't, if you'd never flown floats before, you couldn't move those airplanes. But, you know, my, my buddy, uh, my buddy Brett and I, you know, we'd be out in a, you know, assessing a caravan, it's blowing 35 knots and, you know, the caravan, if you don't know what you're doing, it's going to spin around and point into the wind and you can't move it from that direction. You end up having to go out there with a tug and pull it back in because you can't get to the runway. Well, shit, Brett and I, you learn how to sail on floats. Well, Brett and I were freaking sailing those caravans up the runway, taking off, doing our, whatever we need to do. Come back, we sail it back to the ramp. You know, we're going sideways across the, across the taxiway to get to the parking spot because, well, shit, we learned how to do that. <laughs> the <float>. sailing is <laughs> so freaking cool. <laughs> Oh my God. I was like, you have to be kidding me. This is badass. And you know, at the end of the day, having to get that full aileron and and full rudder in opposite directions, that's going to help me slip better and pop tart. I mean, all of it. I was just like coming in over these oaks, like just skirting those floats on the top of these trees and dropping it in the freaking lake. I was like, holy shit, this is going to make me a better pop tart pilot. And, and, and mind you, it's pop tart on floats. This airplane literally even has a red cowling. Like it, it's freaking pop tart. It's so cool. I remember the things I was going to tell you. Okay. Tell me. Do you, um, so what I was going to say was, um, I sent you a quote this morning. This is a little thing we do, but, um, it, you know, it basically the gist of it was, it, is your circle clapping the loudest for you? And, um, and I've been also thinking about this um, Casey Musgrave song. It's freaking awesome. And the the line in it is, you know, mind your own biscuits and life will be gravy. And I, I think that these two pieces of things are really important. I'm actually going to be doing an e-journal on this. For those of you listening that, that aren't on my e-journal, when I feel inspired, I will basically e-journal and then give you the prompts that I use to work through my own shit. And so you can join that on my website, behufindhappy.com little plug moving on. Um, so, so the e-journal concept, so the Casey Musgraves, mind your own biscuits, life will be gravy. I think we get really caught up in what other people are doing. And then we start thinking that we need to do that thing because they're doing it. Right. So like, Oh, someone's getting this rating. So I need to get this rating. Don't do that. Don't do something because someone else is doing it. Like, and, and also focus on your shit, focus on what you want. If you're, if you're like trying to keep up with the Joneses or you're, you know, so gossipy about what everyone else is doing, you're, you're not putting any energy into what you really want to create in your life and what will bring you happiness. And it's easy as a business person to look at what someone else is doing in business, maybe even a competitor and go, Oh, I need to get that, you know, like uh, Heidi, my friend, she's a, she's a florist and she's got this, she's got her, she's got her style. It is, you see a Heidi bouquet, you know, it's a Heidi bouquet, the way she wraps it, the paper she uses, the, the hemp that she uses to tie the bow. It is a Heidi bouquet. And I've seen people trying to imitate her and they say imitation is the best form of flattery, but it's like, go find your own thing, right? Like go find your own style, your own jam. Don't try to do what everyone else is doing because you think, oh, shit, I'm falling behind in business, so I need to copy someone else. That's not the way to do this. Sit down, look at your life, look at what you want to create and go that way. And then the second, and I want you to touch on that. And then the second component of this is 
I had an, I had an audience. I had a, a group of people. I had friends. I had family that were not supportive, right? They were right. not supportive. And I see this a lot with caddy women, especially, you know, trying to steal each other's crowns and shit like that. There are enough to go around. And if your circle isn't clapping the loudest for you, get a new circle, step exactly. out because you need people. And I didn't even realize this. Like I thought I could go through life and just be strong enough and tough enough to do it myself. And at the end of the day, we are social beings. We, you know, people say, don't give a shit what other people think about you. Okay. That might have some weight to it. However, you do need to have a supportive circle of people who are at least cheering you on. And that, and when you fail and when you have setbacks and when you hit the ground on your knees, like I did last week, and we can talk about that later. I'm not ready to go there yet. Um, you need to have people that extend a hand because Absolutely. for, you know, I know for me last week, or gosh, what was it? October 21st, I was in a space where I, I told you, I said, honey, this is soul crushing. Like I'm having a hard time getting up off off the floor. This is one where I'm having a really hard time. I don't even know what the next step is to take. I was in that spot space. I was in that place. And it, if I didn't have you and mom and dad and Jody and Heidi and Steffi and people in my life and Tucker saying, it, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And really, and Darla helping me out of that hole, it would have taken, I would have, but it would have taken me a lot longer and it would have been a right. lot harder. So thoughts on that? Well, you know, I think that, um, you know, as we go through life and, you know, I've done the same thing that you've done. You know, I've used to be surrounded by people that were not supportive. You know, there was always a million reasons why I was not able to do something and never a good reason why I could. And so, you know, I migrated from an environment like that into one where I've created my own, where I've got that circle of people that say, you know, what can I do to help? Is there anything you need? How can, you know, we make this work better? And, you know, if I'm if I'm down, I know someone's there. I mean, I got people I know that if I need to call someone at two o'clock in the morning, they're going to answer the damn phone. And say, how can I help? What do we need to do to get this moving? That type and of if thing. you're and if you're a business person, entrepreneurial person, you're any person who's trying to do anything that has risk involved. You need someone to be there if you if you fall. You need someone to be supportive that you can call that can say, "Keep going, you got this," or whatever. And also. That same circle that's clapping the loudest is the one that's going to say, is that really something you want to do? Is that really the image you want to create? And it's not to stop you, but it's because they care about you because they want to see you do the best you can do. Right. And I think sometimes, you know, the best people you can have around you can also be, you know, they're the people that also play devil's advocates. Like, okay, how is this going to make things better? But how is this going to, you know, improve your lifestyle or improve your your brand, your image? Is this the direction you really want to go? How is it going to you know, positively impact your your lifestyle? And, you know, sometimes, you know, I've got ideas that I think are absolutely brilliant. They're the dumber than dirt. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think for every thousand ideas that you throw out there, there's going to be one good one. But they're few and far between. Not every idea is a good one. Most of them are not good at all. Some of them are just downright terrible. Daddy. Um, 
Hold oh. on a second. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's perfect timing because um, I have to go to the float plane dock in a little bit. So I think this is a good spot to end the podcast. We've said a lot. Okay. We've given people a lot of stuff to chew on anyway. Um, and we can continue this conversation from here. Also, if you have questions for uh, for my guest and I, you can hit the record button down below and send us a voice memo. We love questions. We'd love to hear what you'd like to us to talk more about. Um, so anyways, thank you. We'll All right. Talk. Thank you. We'll Offline. Talk you. Okay. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.